Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Great to see you guys. Well, I guess I can't see you, but I'm so glad that I've got this opportunity to come and share with you this weekend virtually. Uh, greetings, uh, our Colac family at the Christian Family Church. Greetings from uh, your sister uh, church here in Adelaide. Hope Central. We are here in the northern suburbs of Adelaide loving Jesus and doing his work. And our prayer is that today as you hear this message that you'll just really be blessed. I'm really grateful for your pastor Andrew and for the many times I get to have a chance with him. Such a genuine guy. And I was so glad when he reached out to me asking if we could share this video. So I'm really hoping that you're just blessed by it. Now just remember the title, Boy Swallows Universe, that sounds really strange. But as you get into it, you're just going to just see and discover what a beautiful thing it is that through Christ, God dwells in us. And it's just really going to transform your heart and your mind. So as you watch, you know, just feel our love. Know that we're with you. Know it's been a lot harder for you guys there in Victoria. So our prayer is that you're just blessed and encouraged and grow through this. And may this message just be a great blessing to you. Hopefully I can come sometime in person and see you. God bless. See you soon. Uh, we are talking about growing pains this month. So I thought we'd start off with a refresher course on that fantastic 80s sitcom, Growing Pains. No, not at all. No, if, if, I, if you were thinking about growing pains, this is not the thing that you're supposed to think about, uh, you know where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio launched his career. This is not what Growing Pains is about. The Growing Pains is really about how it hurts because it no longer fits. Did you, um, I, I don't know if he, I, as, a, as a person that's raised children now, I know what this was like for my parents, but I, I don't know if it's like worse for boys, but there was moments I felt like there was nothing in my wardrobe that fit. And, and did, you, did your parents ever have to, did you ever do that, just battle just constantly the reality that the clothes that you bought merely two weeks ago no longer fit? And, and how, do, how many parents have done what my parents did and they decided, let's just give up trying to find something that fits now and let's get something that fits in two years, right? And so you were walking around in clothes that were just like way too long. And did you ever have that, you know, you, I, my parents didn't have a lot, so we got, you know, like if you got a pair of jeans, you were doing good. And, and so they would buy them super too long and then mom would iron them at the hem and then just do a little concealed thing and then as you grew she could just let that that out and you would get but of course there was the the mark you could see the mark where the jean had been folded and is now faded at that mark and so all of like my class I think every boy in the class had these like these tree rungs tree rings on their legs as the pants you know, and then there'll be sometimes you'd be like, because like we didn't have a lot, so we, you know, you'd get something really amazing, like a pair of shoes that you just loved, and now that you've outgrown them, you're just going to like, well, I want to look cool. So you would just put them back on and just suck up the pain. Did, did you ever? Yeah. 
You see, the reality is that you and I, we're all growing. And if Christ Jesus lives in you, you are going to experience growing pains. As the inner man is built up, that the ways, the thinking, the living that you've been doing is going to unfit you. It's not going to be appropriate for you anymore. We're going to feel like as though we are, we are crabs that have outgrown our shells. That the limitations of life that, that we lived with, because we were young and immature, because we, we were at that place in our lives, but then as we, as we mature, as we become more like Christ, the things that we used to think were okay and the things that God even allowed in our lives are no longer suitable for us. And we outgrow those things. And we're meant to keep growing. And if you don't, if you don't release those things, it just hurts. I just want to suggest to you today that you might have thoughts or behaviors that are fitting you like that shoe. They are things that you chose to live in or think that were at a real different season of maturity in your life and now you've outgrown that. And it looks as unusual as that picture. And I just want to reassure you with something else. There is no going back. You cannot unmature yourself. You cannot live back to the old revelation. You can't, you can't take the blue pill and just go back into the matrix. You've got to live up to the thing that Christ has called you to. I want to just briefly tell you something that I think a lot of people struggle to accept. And I think even the Apostle Paul in his writing talks about the complexity of trying to understand, I think, quite clearly. Jesus told parables to describe the kingdom because the kingdom of God, it in some ways, is better understood in a parable than it is understood in literal words because literal words could not possibly contain all of the things that he's trying to express. And so he, at times he told parables like this about the kingdom of parable, of the kingdom of parable, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid or mixed into three measures of flour until it was all leavened. If you took leaven and you inserted into a measure of flour and then it multiplies to three measures of flour, that there's no possible way that that leaven will not affect the flour. You can't, you can't do that. You can't say, oh, leaven, can you please just stay in one measure of the flour and not affect the other two measures of flour, please? Can you just, leaven, can you possibly just come into my life in my area of loneliness, but please don't affect my area of, of loveliness, or please don't affect my area of charity, please don't accept my area of control that I want in my life, please just let the leaven touch the thing I want it to touch. You see, the leaven is going to work its way through what? everything. And the thing about the leaven is that as it works its way through it, it expands everything. It begins to explode or uh, blow up. The only one in our family that really is an expert baker is Lily. And, and as Lily uh, got more and more into the baking world, we would sometimes see around the house pot, like glass or plastic bowls that had a lump of dough in the middle of them and she'd set them in someplace sunny 
and then it would just blow up inside this bowl. It was like a very slow motion science experience experiment, just blowing up. I, I just want you to know this, that what Christ has for you is blowing up inside of you. It is big. And in another place he talks about how the kingdom of God, as if a man should scatter seeds in the ground, he sleeps and he rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows and he knows not how. And the earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And so you see this. There is this power in the principles of the kingdom, in the presence of Christ in you that is just constantly growing and changing and becoming more than it ever was before. And, and even if you try to stop it, you can't because you didn't make it happen. You don't make the goodness mature. You, you don't make the righteousness appear. It's him. He blows up inside of you and grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And I love this. That Christ is at work in every one of us right now. When we were um, walking through the streets of New Orleans, some years back we got a chance uh, to travel. You remember that? You used to get on a plane and you go to another. There's this other places on the planet called countries um, where they have things you can see and stuff. There's, there's, pe there's people there. So we're walking around the streets of New Orleans, and we got, um, there's this old section, the historic area, and uh, it was, you know, noted as a great thing to do, so we got a, we, you know, paid the fee and got a guide and met him by this old cemetery, and then he wandered through the, the old, uh, you know, the mansions that were basically paid for on the back of slave labor, um, so all of these luxury houses were everywhere, and as we were walking through the streets, everywhere is these oak trees, that had been planted beside the road. And of course, the concrete can't keep up. The concrete cannot expand. The concrete won't expand. It just, it's being lifted up everywhere. In fact, there were some places where you kind of go walking along, you think this is not wheelchair friendly at all because there was almost mountains of pavers that were, had been pushed up by root systems that were growing like crazy. If, if your life ever sometimes feels very painful and messy, it might be because you're not letting Christ grow the way that he's supposed to grow inside of you. And some of the problems that we have is that we don't let Jesus have what he wants to have and grow into thoughts and places of our hearts that he needs to contain because you can't contain it. Jesus prayed this prayer, probably the most life-changing, world-changing prayer ever. And we've been talking about this year, about what we got from this prayer. He prayed and asked the Father, and he said in John 17, I don't ask for these only. So he's not talking about the 12 guys that were standing there. Well, by this stage, there were 11. He says, I don't ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. And just let me stop there. He's not talking about unity. I was raised to hear that when Jesus prayed about oneness in this, in this prayer, that he was praying that everybody would get along. And if we're all one, then the world would know that we're his disciples. But that's not what he means by one. He means one with him. 
Okay, if you want to be one with somebody else, you have to be first one with him before you can be one with somebody else. So unity caused by humans getting along and lowering their standards to zero, that's not unity. Unity comes when we embrace Christ and we receive his oneness for all. But first we must become one with him. And so he prays, this is what Jesus asked the Father. Remember this, when Jesus asks for things, he gets what he asks for. There's not, the, the Father's not head scratching in heaven going, eh, I'm not sure, Are you, is that a good thing? Eh, let me think about it. The Father hears the prayer of Christ and he answers this prayer. When Jesus prays that we would be one, now here's the kind of oneness, just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, that they may also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. He's saying, Jesus is praying that we would be one with him in the same way as he is one with the Father, right? Like, is Jesus and the Father separate? No, the Father and the Son are one. The Father is in the Son, the Son is in the Father. And Jesus says, I want you to be in me so that I can be in you. So that if I'm in you, that's all that you need. And he goes on in his prayer and he says, the glory that you have given me, I've given it to them. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. That they may become perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Everybody needs to get this idea that the love of God is what God wants everybody to have. God, God wants every person in the world to become one with him. So they can share in his glory and share in his love. But listen in that prayer. Look, look at those words. I in them. I, did, I, I mean, I, I've been studying the Bible for a very long time, and I still am staggered at that thought that Jesus Christ actually prayed, and he said, I want to be in them. I want all of who I am to be in them. And can you imagine how powerful that is? Um, is? Is anybody watched those Audible commercials? That they come on super regular? You know, they want you to start listening to books, Audible. You know, the book that's always kind of on the phone is this book, The Boy, Boy Swallows Universe. I thought, what is that book about? It's an Australian book. It's about a, a person growing up in Brisbane, you know, poverty and crime and all these things. But, and I couldn't understand, Boy Swallows Universe, what's this book about? Is he, you know, I don't know, like, is he trying to digest the universe? How do you, and it, what the author meant is, he, he meant that, that the boy, uh, the person in the story takes it all in. He sees it all. He experiences it all. I, I just want you to think about this in a different way. What if you could swallow the universe? In the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul spends some time at the very beginning of the book of Colossians explaining how big Jesus is. For anybody who thought that Jesus was just a Jewish carpenter who you know, made some fantastic knickknacks and maybe an occasional house, 
that, that he was a great teacher, and he wandered around, and he, you know, in some sort of cosmic accident, he ended up carpentered onto his own tree. Like if it was just some sort of cosmic mistake, and who is this regular Jewish character, and what does he mean to the universe? The Apostle Paul spent some time explaining that Jesus was not the person that you saw in the flesh. Jesus was far more than that. And he tries to explain the grandness of Jesus. To explain that Jesus is beyond the understanding of humanity. In fact, everything that exists was made by Christ, through Christ, in Christ. And he says it in this way. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and in him. Can you just, can you hear him talking about, I'm just trying, I need to get a moment here where I can just explain how massive Jesus is. Like search to the ends of the universe and find it, you know, stare in the, the sky and try to find the edge point of the universe. Christ was there, he's passed there, he's made everything that's inside of there. Look across the, the world, look in all of the little tiny gaps of the, universe, of, the, of the earth in which you live. Get a microscope, an electron microscope and go smaller and smaller and smaller. Split the atom and look inside at the protons, the neutron, the neutron. Look inside of those things at the electron and find the gluons and the mesons and the bosons. Yeah, I've got a few physics books. The all of reality was made by Jesus Christ. When you think you're standing here on this planet and it's just some earth thing, no, it's made by somebody. That person has incredible, incredible power. Now, Paul is actually not saying that just so that you get a picture of how big Jesus is. He wants you to know that so you know how big the person is that lives in you. He says, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The one that made everything, I swallowed him. If you just had communion, you drank his blood, you ate his body. If you prayed to receive Jesus Christ into your life, you didn't accept a morality, you accepted eternity. And in that eternal power of Christ, he lives inside of you. And he is growing up inside of you to become Lord of everything in your world. And to live his glorious presence out inside of you in signs and in wonders, in wisdom and in humility, in love and in charity, in sacrifice and in glory. He wants to be all. And he's growing out and you feel that like pain. Christianity is growing up in him. He says, it's him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all of his energy that he powerfully works within me. 
He says, I am in labor so that you would mature to everything that Christ has already given you. You are growing up into him. You already have the seed. The Philippians, though, I think Paul expresses, even though he's saying, this is how amazing Christ is. And you would all think that the person, the author of those things, the person who wrote those things down, lives in the revelation of those things and knows them. Surely this person has grabbed hold of that then and understands it. But the apostle Paul says, no. I am at the tippy point of the edge of it. I, I'm beginning to grasp the fullness of it. I mean... The Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians talks about how amazing his revelations are. Like he went to heaven so God could sit him down and have a little chit-chat with him, explaining the nature of the gospel to him. And he's got this grasp on it. And some of the things he said, I can't even tell you. This is for the end of times. This is not for now times. This is amazing revelation. And, and the Apostle Paul walked in the world in, in Christ-like authority. Like dead people getting back up, coming to life. Paul himself dead, coming back to life. The signs and wonders and miracles. If there's ever a, you know, a person that kind of gets it, that Christ lives in him, it's the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul says, actually, I'm starting to get it, but I want more. He says, not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. There is one thing in that sentence that is perfectly done. And there's one thing in that sentence that is imperfectly completed. Christ has already made you his own. Listen, listen, Christ has made you his own, his own treasured possession. He's not kind of doubting whether he'll choose you. He's not kind of going, well, I'm not sure. If they scrub up a bit, if they try a bit harder, if they get that little area of their life sorted out, then I'll accept him as my own. No, it's a done deal. Christ has already accepted you fully as his own. There is not one area of who you are that Christ rejects, but he has fully accepted you into himself. And in his, in his reality, in his waking revelation, in every single moment of his life, he knows that you are his. But the Apostle Paul says, but I'm trying to make it my own. I, I want that. Christ has that, but I want that for myself. He says, brothers, I don't consider that I've already made it my own. Even though Paul has the revelation, he's still going, I'm trying to understand this. But one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, well, God's just going to reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we've already attained. Can I just have your attention for just a moment while I tell you off in a very severe and stern way? 
Right? Do you all looking at me? Even the rebellious ones. If everybody looks at me, then nobody will feel like they're being singled out. Just can't it'll help everybody. Have you ever seen grown-ups who act like children? Or people who don't live up to who they already are? Sometimes when I would, um, when we get home from a, maybe a long drive and my children had fallen asleep in the back seat, do you know when they do the fake I'm sleeping thing because they want to get carried in? Yeah, right? You know it because you've done it. And they, you know, they want to get picked up. And you know, because they're holding their neck stiff, that they're not out of it. Right? They're not all falling over like that, you know. Especially when you're trying to, they're like, you know, nearly 10 and you're walking them to the door. And they know you're going to knock their head on the door jam unless they move it. And then they move it. Because you're not asleep. You're not fooling anyone here, all right? I, but, I, you know, I can't just kind of go all New York on them. Hey, you're not fooling anyone here. Get up and get inside. You know, I can't, can't do that. Because, like, I enjoy the tender moment as much as they do. But some, some of you are not living up to who you really are. And you know you can. You're just being a baby about it. Was that too hard? I'm sorry. You're being an immature... <laughs> no. There are, there are people that you can love that you don't want to love, but you can. There's people you can forgive you don't want to, but you can. There are luxuries you can go without you don't want to, but you can. There are people that you can share your faith with you don't want to, but you can. You can. And the Apostle Paul says, mature people think like grown-ups. You just got to do it even if you don't feel like it. Am I getting through to anybody here today? Right? Because, listen to me. You have what you need. His name is Jesus, and he lives inside of you. And just in case you forgot, he's bigger than the universe. I think he's got what you need. Just have it. Grow up into it. And if you don't agree with that, if you think it's okay to live below your calling in Christ... He's saying, well, God's going to sort that out with, with you. And do you know how he'll do it? It's called pain. Because you will live with the immature consequences of immature behavior. Hmm. Uh, I had other things to say. I'll just finish with this one. Earlier on in the book of Philippians, he says this. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now... Not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, as he's writing from, from jail, in which he's in jail because of the gospel that he's preaching. But even jail is not too much for the Apostle Paul, because Christ is with him in the jail, and he's, he's doing fine preaching the gospel in the jail. And he's like, it's okay, God's got us. Every place, every place Christ is, I'm safe. Every place he is, I've got power. Every place that he is, I'm okay. So he's like... I used to say, you used to behave when I was standing there watching you because that's the way that immature people behave is they behave when you're watching them. Right? But, Paul says, I'm not there to watch you, so you need to grow up into who you are. You need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
Now, that doesn't mean make your salvation. It doesn't mean earn your salvation. It means work it out what's already in. Let what's in just flow out into all of the out areas. All of the other things need to get it. So you need to take what's in and bring it out. Because it is God that's working in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He is actively inside of you. He is the yeast inside of your flower. Inside of the flower you didn't want him to touch. He's there and he's just bubbling away and he's bringing up new things and new ways and new thinking and new maturities and new love and new grace and new miracles. He's bubbling away inside of you, bubbling away. He's working in there. And you know why he's doing all of that? Because he just loves it. He just loves it. He loves seeing people grow up in Christ. He says, you need to do all of these things without grumbling or disputing. That you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights to the world. You, you know how it said that Jesus Christ made the whole universe and he made all of those stars? The star maker lives inside of you and he is making you into a star. If you let him work out what's in you, you'll experience the pain of letting go of all of the things that no longer fit you in your life. But you will ultimately then become the thing that you were supposed to be. Just get a better attitude about it. Grumbling and complaining do not suit people becoming glorious. Oh, do I have to shine? Oh, great. <laughs> Just shine. Let him be all that he is. Let's stop for a moment and let's ask Jesus what area he's shining his light on, that he's working in you that maybe you don't have the right attitude about. Father, we're grateful for your presence here and for the gift of your spirit through Christ Jesus. So we pray that right now that you would reveal to each of your individual children here today what you need them to hear you speak about. Lord, people here today, they struggle to know that they're accepted, to know that they're loved, to know that they have been made one with you. So I pray that you would help them to surrender to that reality and accept their oneness with you. Father, today there are people here that have never opened up their heart to receive you, your son, to live inside of them. So I pray that you would help people right now to reach out to Jesus as their savior so that they might be saved and be changed into his image. Lord, people here today that you have gifted and worked in, but then there have been places where we've stopped and opposed those things, where we've been unwilling to accept the new reality of Christ in us, or struggled to grasp the truth of it. Lord, I pray that in every place of immaturity of our lives, you would reveal your glory, you would reveal your desire, and you would reveal in us the knowledge of what you want us to be, what you already see us to be 
in Christ. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring the revelation that we need so that we're not trying to accomplish this in our own effort, but that we accept what has been accomplished and we live according to your calling. Lord, let grace be on us now. Even as we worship, Lord, we pray that you would continue to speak to us now. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.